today we're talking all about getting up close to one of Alaska's most famous glaciers, the Mendenhall Glacier in Juneau. Welcome to the Alaska Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Jenny Twing Flaming, where I bring you accurate, helpful, and entertaining information about Alaska travel and life in Alaska. My guest today is Serene Hutchinson from Juno Tours. She is a 12-year resident of Juno, and just to tell you how much she loves Juno in Alaska, she is originally from Hawaii and she has made her home now in Alaska. Serene, welcome to Alaska Uncovered. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. So to start off, tell me, how did you get to Alaska from Hawaii? Well, um, actually, it's my brother. Uh, as, as you mentioned, I'm from Hawaii. And uh, my, my younger brother, one of them, he was uh, left Hawaii years and years ago, like 30 years ago to do the fishing thing. And there is actually a lot of kind of connection between Southeast Alaska and Hawaii because mm. Alaska has a lot of jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so he came, he came up here to do the kind of deadliest catch type deal before it was even on TV. And um, then in the off season, he would drive a taxi. And then over years, he saved his money and bought the taxi company and then bought a bus and then bought another bus and then hired one of our other brothers and then sold the taxi company, bought more buses over time. And then he bought his first whale watching boat. And then he was like, now it's time to get serious. And he called his big sister, me. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, I need a website. I need to get serious about this now because, of course, buying a boat, you know, is a whole new kind of expense and experience and you really have to get serious about your regular income and stuff at that point so uh i uh my husband and actually built his first real bookable onlineable website and then the next season uh we came up here and um so we're legitimately a family business it's me and my husband and my brother and both my kids grew up working for us they're still uh, in college and work for us in the in the summer season and of course then you know about 90 other of our closest friends <laughs> oh yes that's awesome oh thanks for sharing that so I know Juno tours operates quite a few different tours in Juno yeah. um can you tell us just briefly what tours you do operate before we dive into the glacier in a little more detail? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we are unique in that we're a company in town that owns all of our own boats and all of our own buses, which is super helpful. Um, so we have three basic tours. Number one is our Glacier Shuttle, which I know you want to talk about coming mm-hmm. up here. Um, and there's only two companies in town that offer a shuttle like this, and we are one of them. Then we have a, a city and glacier tour, which is very similar to the glacier shuttle, except for it gives you an, a little uh, detour through the downtown past the the um, Capitol building, et cetera. And then it does have one extra photo stop and it has reserved seats. Um, and then our next tour, of course, is our whale watching tour. And then we have 
whale watching combined with the glacier. Cool. Then the last thing we have that operates kind of semi-sporadically is just a city trolley tour. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. So diving into Mendenhall Glacier a yeah. little bit more, maybe before we start a, start in on getting there and the logistics of that and tours, could you tell us just a little bit about what makes the Mendenhall Glacier special and why it's such a great place to visit for folks yes. who are in Juneau? Yes, absolutely. I love talking about the Mendenhall Glacier because it's I, I, I like to both, you know, sort of spout its 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 beauty, but also kind of manage people's expectations about it, right? Because many people, the first thing they think of when they think of a glacier is they think of those National Geographic videos with huge pieces of ice crashing down into the ocean. And the Mendenhall Glacier is not to that. So that's kind of the bad news, right? The good <laughs> news is it is the most accessible glacier in Southeast Alaska. Our buses will drive you right up to the best view right by the visitor center, the best view of the face of the Mendenhall Glacier Park. And this particular park is ran by the Forest Service and you get a view of the face of the Mendenhall Glacier, which is melting into a lake. So that's why it's considered kind of more of a static glacier because it's not a glacier that goes up against the ocean where the waves crash and create yes. that sort of unsteady um, face. And so instead, it's melting into a lake and um, it is receding at a very rapid pace. Um, uh, so it's very dramatic for people who maybe saw it five, 10 years ago. It's yes. still gorgeous. It's still breathtaking. Um, I sometimes laugh, you know, people will be like, oh, I saw the glacier, uh, you know, five years ago. I don't need to see it again. And I understand that was acceptable, but I live here and I go there three, four times a week. And every time I go, I take a photo. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so beautiful. Like I, again, I, you mentioned I'd lived here 12 years. That's such a short amount of time compared to many Alaskans. Right. So maybe someday the novelty will wear off, but I just can't believe I live down the road from a glacier. I just think that's so cool. Um, so it's then really the other cool. kind of great news about the Mendenhall Glacier is that it is a park ran by the forest service. There's a visitor center there. There's bathrooms there. There's beautifully um, uh, maintained hiking trails. And then one of my favorite things is there's this series of little bridges that go over the river that feeds into the lake. Mm -hmm. And that's where like end of July, August, there's a really nice chance of spotting some wildlife, maybe salmon uh, spawning, things like that. So it's just a really lovely place to explore. Awesome. That's really cool. One thing I would just say to go off what you were saying about it being kind of unique in how accessible it is, you know, and how it's on a lake instead of being a tidewater glacier. Yeah. For folks who are on a cruise, every Alaska cruise includes either Glacier Bay National Park or another glacier viewing experience, even if it's not Glacier Bay, like like Endicott Arm or yeah. um, College Fjord or something like that. And so if you're taking a cruise and you're seeing glaciers in that setting, and then you also go to the Mendenhall Glacier, 
you'll see two really different kinds of glaciers in Alaska, which is a, a really cool opportunity. And one of the things yeah. I think is really fascinating about Mendenhall Glacier or just the glacier, as it is called in June. That's what we call it. Yeah, it's just the <laughs> yeah. glacier. Yeah. Yes. Um, the other thing I, w- I like to make sure I sort of prepare people for is that they won't be touching it. I think sometimes people are yeah. kind of disappointed when they get there and they realize they can't they can't touch it. So yeah. the only real way to touch the Mendenhall Glacier would be to take a helicopter tour or there are different hiking kayak combo tours um, that do require like quite an uh, you know a, rig- a, a more rigorous fitness level. Um, so again, that's the quote unquote bad news. But the good news is the park itself is very accessible. Um, I've seen people doing the nugget trails hike, for example, with a walker. <laughs> I mean, it took a long time, I'm sure. But, you know, the, the trails are super well maintained. Yeah. And the visitor center has a nice um, uh, elevator to get you up to the top so that you yes. can get to that visitor center with that beautiful elevated view. Yeah. So that that's is- kind of the I like I like people to be. I like their expectations to be <laughs> managed and ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really important. Yeah. Okay. So, Serene, let's jump into a little bit about how people can get to the glacier. So, I often talk to folks who are planning a trip. They might be planning a cruise. They might have already booked a cruise. They might be trying to figure out if they want to go on a cruise or not. But regardless of how a person gets to Juno or how much time they have, people can get a little bewildered by the glacier and by getting around in Juno in general, just because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of roads, but then right. things are a, a little bit too far apart to walk to. Um, like the glacier is several miles out of town. Yeah. So Let's say someone is in Juneau, maybe they're staying at a hotel downtown, or maybe they're on a cruise ship, and they want to go out to the glacier. I know you do both a tour out there, but also a shuttle. So could you tell us a little bit about the difference between those two options and what Mm -hmm. people should consider when they're deciding how they want to get out there? Yeah, excellent. I think that what you, you you just hit the nail on the head. I think what people don't realize is from the downtown cruise ship port area and, you know, kind of the downtown area where most of the hotels are, the Mendenhall Glacier Park is about 20 to 25 to 30 minute drive away. Yeah. And I think that comes as a surprise to a lot of people. So you have to plan when you're planning your schedule, a minimum of one hour transportation to get there and back. And so that's quite apart from actually getting, you know, doing anything when you're there. So right. an hour of your day is going to be spent on transportation, getting out there and back. So um, our glacier shuttle departs from the tram area. And that's what's, there's another area where people get confused. Some people think, well, I'm just going to take the tram to see the glacier. And then oh, I yeah, different place. The yeah, tram is also really cool, but it's different. Tram is, yeah. But it, yeah. but what ended up happening when uh, they built this tram is they built a really cool, um, uh, you know, experience. But then 
I don't know if they intended on this, but they also built an excellent meeting point for yes. all the rest of us. <laughs> it is really convenient. <laughs> so all of us kind of use it as our, our start off and finishing point. So um, we meet at the tram and you will not see the glacier from the tram. So you need to get on a bus and get out there and it will take you 30 minutes each way. So then the difference between my glacier shuttle and my city and glacier tour is my shuttle is so fantastic for people who want something flexible because it is a first come first serve bus and it runs either every half an hour or on the really busy days, every 20 minutes back and forth to the glacier. And this is super great because Let's just be honest here. We're a rainforest. So if it is really pouring, it's not just misting. If it's really pouring, then you still want to see the glacier. You don't want to miss it. When is the next time you're going to be on a cruise ship here or staying in a hotel here, right? So you want to get out there. You want to take some pictures. The glacier park is still fabulous in the rain. And then the visitor center has a beautiful view all inside and warm. So it's still totally worth going even in the rain. But honestly, if it's pouring rain, you're not going to want to do a bunch of extra hikes. So maybe that you only want to stay there an hour and then you just can hop on a shuttle every half an hour or on the busy days, every 20 minutes back to town. Yeah. Now, maybe you are one of those blessed, lucky people that get here when it's glorious and sunny. Then in that case, you're going to want to stay there for three hours, maybe, and enjoy every trail. If you're here at the end of July, beginning of August, you're going to want to walk all over those little bridges and try to spot the salmon running and hopefully maybe catch a photo of a bear or a porcupine or uh, something like that. So then you'll want to stay there longer. And the great thing is you can make that determination when you're at the glacier because you know the shuttle schedule. So that's what's great about it. So once again, I I feel like I'm starting a theme here. That's the good news. Now, the bad news is (laughs) it is first come first serve. You can book shuttle with our, on our website in advance that doesn't give you priority seating. Yeah. Just first come first serve. It saves you time because you don't have to go on the dock and find a vendor that sells us. You already have your ticket in hand with your instructions. And so you can just go get in line for the bus. So that's an advantage. And also there's promo codes on our website. So it's a little cheaper usually to book it in advance than last minute. Mm -hmm. But again, it still means you get in line. And during those peak times, which we would be happy to tell you when they are. I know you are happy to tell your clients when those peak times are. You may end up waiting in line. Yeah. Now, I always try to throw extra buses when we get surprise crushes. Um, But really, you just need to know that you booked this first come, first serve. Yeah. Um, And funny thing is, there is... There's, there can be lines on the return from the glacier, um, but that's less common because people disperse, right? Yes. Because, I mean, some people, everybody gets off the ships at the same time, but then some people want to stay longer at the glacier and some people stay shorter. So the, right. it's, less, it's less of a line. So just because you have maybe worst case scenario, two hour line on your way out, doesn't necessarily mean you'll have that on your way back. Yep. Um, The other thing is when you book with me, my phone number is all over your ticket. 
if you find yourself at the Mendenhall Glacier in a scary line, call me because I will throw <laughs> I will throw all my buses out there because I will not leave anyone behind and never cool. have at all. And I never will. Um, just for people's peace of mind last year, I think we took about 78,000 people to the Mendenhall Glacier and we didn't even leave one person. That's fantastic. <laughs> so that is kind of the good news, bad news about the Glacier Shuttle. Then uh, the, the City and Glacier Tour is really nice for people who don't want to risk having to wait in a line. Um, yeah. And you have an assigned seat. And uh, again, it's the same. We also do this nice narrated tour. The City and Glacier Tour does drive through the downtown past the Capitol, which the Glacier Shuttle does not do. Right. Um, and then we take you out to the Mendenhall Glacier Park and we set a pickup time an hour and a half later. Cool. Now, why is it an hour and a half? It is an hour and a half because research has shown, <laughs> scientists <laughs> have proven, <laughs> no, that that is the perfect amount of time to spend at the Mendenhall Glacier Park because that is the perfect amount of time to casually walk to Nugget Falls and back. Mm -hmm. That takes about an hour, including taking time to take photos and things, and then pop into the visitor center. Yeah. So that is that hour and a half is the magical time. Now, um, then that bus will pick you up, and there's one more really cool photo stop on that City and Glacier tour that you do not get on the shuttle. Mm. So that's the difference between those two. Cool. That oh, is super. One more. Oh, oh one go more ahead. Thing. Sorry. You are allowed to let your driver know that you are not going to be coming back with them and you are allowed to take our shuttle back to town for no additional charge. If you want longer at the glacier or shorter, um, just remember that you do, you know, that you run the risk of you have a reserved seat on right. the city glacier tour. So, you know, depending on how busy a day it is, you might be running the risk to have to stand in line a little bit. And, uh, but once again, I will not leave anybody behind. I am so glad that you addressed that because I was just going to ask you, what if you get out there and you want to stay longer? <laughs> it's yeah, not an option. Exactly. And I, just for those of you listening, I will say, I think you if you've been listening to this podcast or following my website, or if I've planned a trip for you, then you already know this about me, but I have many years of experience as a guide and I still do that very part-time. I have I have not been a guide in Juneau, but other parts of Alaska. And I will just tell you that it is so important when you're on a tour, if anything changes, you've got to let your driver know because otherwise they're going to be looking around for you and holding up everything because we do not, as guides, we do not leave people behind. And right. so if you take advantage of that, which is a super cool offer, just make sure your driver knows that you're going to get back on the shuttle. That's really important and, and, and really and, awesome that you offer that flexibility. Yeah. I mean, not to brag, but like totally to brag. I don't think there's anything like this that you can book through the cruise line um, with that kind of flexibility. Yeah. Um, I will, I will say what you said is totally true, but if I could just in this instance, give your, your um, guests a little other tip. If by yeah. chance you change your mind, you get off and you didn't tell the driver you don't want to meet him. 
that you're not going to meet him. Call our office and let us know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. because we, we if you call our dispatch, and I have at least three people on hand every day to answer your calls. And cool. if nobody answers, call again. Just keep doing it. <laughs> because, yes. and, and that's the other thing I, I love to tell people when you book with us is I'm aware that we are independent and you are kind of feeling like you're kind of going out on a risky limb. Uh, call us. Like sometimes people will be like, I stood there for three hours and I just, nobody came by. I'm like, why didn't you call? They were standing in the wrong, at the wrong bus stop, you know, or something like that. Well, just don't, don't be brave. (laughs) Just call. Yeah. Yes. I agree with that. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, One other thing too, that I will just mention about Mendenhall Glacier before um, we move on is that uh, Nugget Falls is super cool. And when I lived in Juneau, which was 20 years ago, Nugget Falls was underneath the glacier. So that hike, you couldn't even do then. And earlier, Serene mentioned how much the glacier is receding. And I can just tell you that from my own experience going to Juneau over the last 30 years, the change is very dramatic. And that is a place you can really see it. Plus, it's a beautiful waterfall. It has a great view of the glacier. So I'm going to just say, even if it's raining, get that rain jacket on and and go to Nugget Falls. It's really cool. So I I totally agree with you. But when was the last time you were there at Nugget Falls? Uh, 2019 is the last time I was there. Yeah. So the last time I was there, I was really kind of surprised how little of the glacier you can see from the falls. Wow. So that really has changed in the last four years. I feel like it's really changed and, and you can still see it, but at the same time, it's like, I, I I don't feel like it diminishes the coolness of the falls because let's face it, you know, it's, it's, it's this powerful waterfall from melting glaciers hello how often do you get to touch that you can actually touch it right but i was really surprised you just see a sliver of the glacier now yeah there that's really good to know i'm glad you told me that i'm actually planning to go this summer in 2023 so it'll be really interesting to see how much it's changed in the last four years yeah, I, 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 you know, the, the, the best photo of the glacier that you're going to get is from that pavilion. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and what I love about that photo is the pavilion and the falls from the pavilion. You can get the glacier and the falls all in a nice, a nice photo. And again, yes. I don't want to say don't hike Nugget Falls because it's fabulous, but it is. that's just yeah. a little bit of a kind of disappointment. You know what? You know me, yeah. I'm giving you the good news and the bad news. <laughs> yeah, no, I am so glad that you shared that because like I said, I feel like it hasn't been that long since I've been there and, um, but I know it's changing really fast. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see that next time I go. Exactly. All right. We are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about cruising in Southeast Alaska and a little bit about Juneau. Hello and welcome to the Always Moving Podcast with Lyndon Savanto, a podcast about my life as an international athlete, writer, world traveler, and dreamer. 
Join me on my podcasting journey as I explore the world around me through life experiences, self-evaluation, and interviews with interesting guests ranging from professional athletes, comedians, engineers, and those who helped shape me to who I am today. Tune in to the Always Moving Podcast, part of the Chatter Network. We are back with Serene Hutchinson from Juno Tours, and we're going to spend a couple of minutes talking about cruising in general. So, Serene, before I know we talked about this before we started recording, that both you and I, despite having worked with cruise ship visitors a lot for a long time, ourselves were both a little bit reluctant to cruising. And I know there are many people who feel that way. And so I'm wondering if you could just share a little bit about why a cruise is a good way to see Alaska. Awesome. I I love talking about this because exactly, I I would call myself a reluctant cruiser, but for Alaska, I do think it is the best bang for your buck. I mean, Alaska is you is so unique. It's so huge, right? And so, I mean, if if money and time are not a factor, then perhaps that wouldn't apply to you. Yeah. But I I think especially Southeast Alaska, I kind of call Southeast Alaska Alaska concentrate. Because in this seven-day Southeast cruise, you literally get a taste of everything the entire state has to offer. Um, It's kind of maybe like a tasting menu, (laughs) but who doesn't love those? I mean, you know, and I think that's one of the many reasons that people come back to Alaska again and again, right? Um, But when it comes to Southeast Alaska, especially because so much of our, of what is to see, it is right there on the shore for you. Um, You you can literally step off your ship, get on, either see everything right there or get on a bus right off your ship and see everything that each town has to offer. And that makes it so easy. Um, And also it's so cost-effective because you're not having to do hotels, you're not having to do food and all the separate restaurants, but you can do a restaurant based on what you wanted, you know, and, and uh, what you do is you're, you basically have your hotel and meals covered. And so all of your other money gets spent on adventures. Yeah. And that is a great way to vacation, I think. Um, I have, I have vacationed before in destinations where I was spending so much on hotel and food. I didn't feel like I had comfortable booking a boat tour or a bus tour because I already was spending so much. I better enjoy this hotel pool, you know, or things like that. And so that's what, one of the many reasons I think that Alaska cruising is so great. And there, and you will also discover things if you work with a travel agent like yourself or you contact independent companies, you will discover things um, if you're not a, you know, if you are a reluctant cruiser, like apparently Jenny, you and I are, <laughs> then dig in a little bit and yeah. find those local companies, work with an agent. Because another thing that, for example, that I offer that you won't necessarily get through any shore excursion that you book is that Mendenhall Glacier shuttle that I talked about. You can actually 
combo that with our whale watch. Mm-hmm. And if you are in Juno all day, you can get a whale watching tour with me, which by the way, I'm incredibly highly rated. <laughs> and then after the whale watch, I drop you off at the Menahill Glacier Park. And then you can stay as long or as short at the park as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that cool. one caveat to that is that really only applies if you're in Juno all day. Yeah. If, if yeah. you are one of those cruise ships that docks at seven and leaves at one thirty, you'll get an hour and a half at the Glacier Park if you book my combo. If you're one of those uh, ships that docks at one thirty, and uh, you know, you will get an hour and a half. Yeah, the glacier park. Yeah, but if you are here all day, you can take advantage of that sort of. Uh, that's a travel hack there for yeah. for you want to kind of break away from um, it, it only what the cruise line is offering. Mm-hmm. There are all kinds of things like that that you will discover. Um, so what you're doing is you're cruising on your terms. Hmm. Yep. And I'm really glad that you talked about that, Serene, because I I agree with everything that you said about cruising and that there are definitely ways to make it more local, whether that is booking with a company like yours off the ship entirely or researching if you want to book it on the ship, researching what is on there to find local companies because they are there, but they're not always easy to find. And um, that is a really good way to make it more um, more of a local experience. And I totally agree with everything you said. One other thing I would add to that is, you know, I I do get the opportunity to travel in Alaska a lot without a cruise, but that's because I go there quite often. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I would strongly recommend for Alaska, all of Alaska, especially Southeast, is if you're not taking a cruise, go to just a couple of places, one or two. Um, Don't try to go to all these different places on your own. It's just totally overwhelming and you'll be doing logistics the entire time. So um, that's what I usually tell people is if you don't want to do a cruise, that's totally cool. But then you got to limit yourself geographically so you don't lose your mind (laughs) well exactly and along those lines juno is an excellent hub it is right um uh, and a lot of travel agents can set this up for you have a base of operations and a hotel in juno and then you can take day trips with alaska seaplanes to skagway to haynes you can do a fast ferry you can do Tracy Arm with uh, Adventure Bound Tours or with Alan yep. Marie. Yep. So there's there's all kinds of ways that you can kind of uh, get that same Southeast experience yes. without. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, before we wrap up, Serene, I would love to ask you the three questions that I ask all of my guests. Kind of mm-hmm. rapid fire, best of, in your case, do you know? Mm-hmm. So what is your favorite month of the year in Juneau? So I, I have two favorite months. Okay. That's okay. You can have two. <laughs> because uh, to me that I have to answer that question for, for, for guests, my favorite month is, uh, or it's kind of straddles end of July, beginning of August, uh-huh. because that is most chance of spotting wildlife. Mm. It, it's when the salmon are running. So it's the best chance of spotting bears at the Mendenhall Glacier Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, also 
the best chance of possibly catching um, bubble net feeding by the whale. Cool. And then as a local, my favorite month here is December. Mm. Uh, we run our city trolley for the locals. We decorate it oh, all up for Christmas. And we get on, get, everybody gets on the trolley and we do a first Friday and we sing Christmas carols. And it's awesome. That's so fun. <laughs> Love it. Okay. What is your favorite restaurant in Juneau? Or which one do you recommend for visitors? However, I you want to answer that. Both are the same at Trace's Crab Shack. Tra- it, 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 it is open seasonally. So it is a, you know, a place that's kind of for tourists, so to speak. But mm-hmm. all of us locals count the days till Tracy's is open again. I don't know how she does it. She's one of my personal friends. Aww. But she has the best crab. Every restaurant in town will have king crab at that time, you know, in the summer, but she it is the best. And she's getting really creative now, too. Used to be you could only get crab, bisque, and that was it, and rolls, right? Well, now she's got crab sandwiches. She's got different kinds of crab, not just king crab. So uh, she has um, one of my favorite little meals that only locals tend to order is her uh, biscuit and rice. So it's just Ooh. yummy white rice with bisque over it. So crazy awesome. crab jack, hands down. You know, you are not the only Juno White <laughs> to recommend Tracy's on this podcast. <laughs> so if you're listening, Tracy's, that is a must do. Well, Serene, thank you so much for joining me today, sharing about the glacier, sharing about Juno sharing about your company um, and how visitors can have an amazing experience there. Uh, if And thanks to all of you for joining us for this episode of Alaska Uncovered. If you, if you like what you heard, um, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. There are new episodes every Wednesday. See you next time.